Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And uh, today we are going to discuss a killer CD by Solmania. Solmania, how do you guys say it? I say Soulmania. I have always said Soulmania, but then since I've heard people say Soulmania, much like yourself and much like other people who may know a little better. So I will probably go back and forth. I don't. Yeah, I I say both. (laughs) I know Gray is a Soulmania man. I say Soulmania. And why? Uh, Because that's the that's the way the Japanese consonant sounds, the ma. So that's that's why you would. that, that's I don't know. I took Japanese in high school, <laughs> and that's, that's hey, you, great. You are, you are more of an expert than us. So yeah, absolutely. And I say mania just because of WrestleMania, and there's mania in it. So soul mania. Well, but who you knows? Know, I, I, my I don't high school know. transcripts probably uh, doesn't care about my <laughs> my uh, Japanese <laughs> my my Japanese lessons because uh, yeah, I wasn't did, anyway. Did, did you not do so oh, we well can't. in high school, Greg? Oh, we you can't. know, you can't put uh, intense language class right after lunch period and then expect oh, someone to show up all the time. Oh, totally. Sleepy fast. Sleepy. Yes. Yeah, that's tough. That's tricky right yeah. there. How long was your lunch? Did you have like an hour? Uh, Half hour? I want to say it was like 45 minutes. See, maybe? that's true. Yeah, like 45 minutes. You're wow. eating lunch. Not paying attention. Well, and we Coming could back from that is too off hard. Off campus at... at uh, the, my freshman year oh. of high school, we could go off campus. Yeah. So uh, there was no, there was nothing keeping you like on campus. And so if you're out doing something like smoking you're cigarettes late. and yeah. trying to get someone older to buy you booze or something while you're on lunch break, <laughs> uh, maybe you're not making it back to that first period after lunch. It's been a long time. I haven't had to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, but before we get into trembling tongues gray what have you been listening to my good man well uh our guest from the last episode pete swanson stopped by and dropped some stuff off for me the other day which was an actus lp which is a hungarian industrial uh sort of folk ritual ambient band really strange oh, yeah, stuff he was talking about that that sounds cool yeah we uh we did a little trade for this lp and it's awesome uh, i think the lp is called oh it's in it's in that wonderful magyar it's in hungarian so i don't uh oh it's the uh away to the empire of strength and order that's the english title <laughs> uh and it looks really cool it's like a maroon with gold printing and it sounds really awesome uh, he also gave me a, a tape by a group called Perkan, P-A-R-K-A-N, that I think he mentioned in uh, one of our episodes. And it's people from this group, uh, but contemporary. This came out like a year or two ago. And it's a little closer to the um, folk 
tape, but still made by weirdos. Like Actus had a CD on on uh, Mental Measure Tech's Cthulhu label, so it's certainly in the orbit of the kind of stuff we discuss, and some of the tracks certainly are. And it's like I don't know Hungarian industrial ambient music with folk touches, Hungarian folk touches. It's cool. Uh, so those two things were cool. killer. I got uh, in the mail recently. I've been trying to track down a little more Yutaka Tanaka stuff. So I got the International Mail Music cassette from, uh, I think, 1986 uh, as a collaboration between four labels, I think, and their, and their respective label heads. So it's a collaborative mail piece made by Al Margolis, Rafael Flores, Bogart and Yutaka Tanaka, a.k.a. Escore. And it is just weird. It's so weird. It looks killer. It's got uh, maybe the type was done with the uh, stick on or rub on letters, letter set kind of stuff. And the it's got a, a pretty like gnarly looking photo of a couple skulls on the cover. Very industrial tape culture looking stuff from the 80s uh, and really killer. And. And I got in the mail, and this is, like, not quite what we discussed, but it still rules, and it's uh, fairly noisy, and certainly uh, th- these guys are part of the noise, the contemporary noise scene. So uh, Corporate Park, which uh, it's a exchange on Virtues. It's a reissue of, I believe, the first Corporate Park release. It's, uh, like, eight-song, 12-inch. Uh, if you like, like the more SPK kind of rhythmic drum machine stuff, weird vocals, weird effects processing on drum machines, weird noise and ambient parts and synths. Uh, this is totally should be up the alley. So corporate park exchange. And uh, there's more. I always forget to write stuff down. So that's what I can remember right now. What about you guys? Um, well, we were just listening to a new CD that will be coming out on chondritic sound. Oh, we sure were. That being the new Bacillus CD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I, it's actually, it's over next to the stereo. Let me see if I can recall the title. I hope you get better, but I know you won't. It's longer than that though. <laughs> so I hope you get better I, soon, but you probably won't, <laughs> but you probably oh, won't. Well, uh, the people in those pictures, Probably won't. Is that the most <laughs> disgusting artwork that you've ever released on Kendritic? Yeah, well, I did another Bacillus release which back in 2003, which had a similar artwork or photos, but they were like Xeroxed, you know, black and white. Uh, this is in glossy full color, so it definitely feels uh, considerably more disgusting. The, I think it's for the ladies. I find that uh, my lady friends, we don't mind gross things like you know, sores and pimples and pus and things so much blood. Yeah. My, I mean, my, I mean, I obviously like, we're I all, I would say, I would say the three of us are pretty, uh, pretty, pretty used to seeing some yeah, it's disgusting hard. stuff, but it's honestly, super hard to gross me out, like really hard. Yeah. To but do. honestly for me, it's this the, is it's it the, looks so it's, painful. It looks so like, painful. It's yeah. It's the pussy stuff. Like I can't watch, pimple popping videos you know what i mean like yeah. that that that's my limit like i don't really I, like a like my dad used to watch like the surgery channel or whatever that right it was and like oh i, can't, I love those yeah i cannot I love watch surgery that stuff style. that doesn't bother me yeah. too much it's more yeah. the like pussy pimple kind of stuff all right 
Um, yeah, this CD, but, it looks gross. It does. I don't, I don't I like agree. foamy things. When things are foamy, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. So if something's like but bubbling, I don't like that. The, the CD is great. I mean, it's just so great, good. nasty, yeah. bacillus noise. Um, sounds old as hell. You know what I mean? It has that like great old feel heavy, to it. Heavy, intense. Yeah, uh, all yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was great. It was the last thing we listened to right before... Uh, popping on trembling tongues, mm-hmm. uh, but then I and then honestly, we've just been in a big soul mania zone. Uh, have been listening to many of his CDs all week just to kind of absorb him, get in the zone. Metamorphor chorus, psychedelic, uh, absolutely incredible. It's got discs. motorcycles on it. And then just kind of stayed in Japan and in alchemy in the alchemy world, and threw on uh, incapacitance fabrication. So good. Which has the um We wanted some energy. Yeah, we wanted some real good energy and that's got great energy and it's got the that that's the CD that has the live in the morning on the side of a mountain uh audio. Oh the, nice the, cla- I, the classic that video is so Yeah, the one cool. of the classic noise uh, videos. I bet of it all sounds time. better than the video. Are you right, because you I'm sure you're yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But also I was surprised by how loud the video actually was given that they were in such a large space. I mean, it's really hard to, to cut through that. You know? And you know what's cool? That's on the um, what's on one of the Omoro uh, videos which also has a Bus Monsters live video which we had never, we watched <laughs> this morning as well. How? Oh, nice. Uh, of, co- of course, of course, you know, uh, Dude, so, Bus so, Monsters? So Mania uh, in Bus Monsters. The video's amazing. I mean, it's exact. It's insane. It is what you ex- picture them. It just, like Masana's just going nuts live. Masami's on drums, killing it on drums. Uh, it's 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 awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's on really the same. Fun. I believe yeah. it's on the same volume as that incapacity. We were watching them on YouTube. I but would I believe it's on love the same. to see them live. I cannot imagine. Well, I mean, like, it we can't. So yeah, we can. Good. We saw. Well, it. We can imagine. Now. It's a, we can fully imagine. It looks so fun. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah. But then, like you know, like I said, it's just been a lot of Somania this week, and yep. leading up to trembling tongues. What a record. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we, you know, Tara and I have definitely, uh, we, we got deep in a Soulmania zone. I, th- I want to say it was maybe the end of last year. I can't remember. We talked about it a bunch on Hometown. Yeah, I and don't remember why. Recent listenings, and it just kind of happened. And this one was a real standout in that zone for a number of reasons. Uh, the packaging Aesthetically, is... Aesthetically, it's, um, it's yeah, really, really great. It's really cool. And of course, uh, Masahiko Ono. Somania, mm-hmm. also the designer uh, for Alchemy. So very awesome, you know. CD and that's his profession. Designer, or, yeah. yeah. And but the, something about the Somania CDs, especially this CD, just it looks nothing like any other noise CD. That's, yeah, it, it that's like true. really stands out. It's it's almost like designed it, it, like sports or something it's, a, like it's, the, it's hard to actually really kind of explain the design there's because, so many facets to it but i loved it first because it was the first insert that i could take out of the cd case because well, it been, slides right she, out tara believes that <laughs> that so mania designs uh packaging that she can take out because if anyone has love, heard yeah tara they, will basically ruin a, an insert for a cd she can't don't get you it gotta in take teeth. it out for me don't hand me your or stuff. put it back I, in it's i put it back in wrong like always one of the little flaps is out of the teeth or whatever and then i've you got just some rip cds here that can it. prove that 
They tear it in? I didn't rip it. I'm so careful. I'm so careful with other people's stuff, but not my own. The thing with Tara is you wouldn't expect that out of her because she is so like, I mean, her handwriting is so nice. I'm detail oriented. You would not expect her to not be able to put it in CD Can't help it. Yeah, but she's a monster if you give her those four tabs and a thin piece of paper. (laughs) I I mean, you know it. You've seen it. It's, it's, It's nuts. <laughs> so it's, she believes that 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 uh so Somania uh designs packaging for her. Well, and here let me just talk about all the things I like about this packaging. Okay. One in in front it's got that that clear oop oop I already yep. I got oh, it out already it. all you... by myself. <laughs> so it's got this really um cool clear insert like the best part of encyclopedias, you know, like when you're reading encyclopedias as a kid and all you're doing is looking for the clear flappy things where you can like See the muscles peeled off the body, then the veins. So he's got one of those. So it's yeah. So so yep. the so the front is like clear, and that's where it says Somania trembling tongues, and then it has like kind of a blown out silhouette of the teeth that are on the actual. And it's booklet. weird teeth. Like I tried to see at first. I thought it was one of those sheep's head fish teeth, um, because the sheep's head fish have teeth that look really human, and they just cover the inside of the mouth. They're nightmarish. If you don't know them, look them up. They're really cool. But these have little pointy ones, so it could be like a dog that's ground them down. They're missing the bottom teeth. I honestly don't know whose teeth these are, and I did put some effort into looking for <laughs> what type of teeth they could be, but they're not human. Uh, then there's some like really fun little tongues over in the corner. Well, what what I, is some sort of a weird uh, reference to the ref- Rolling Stones? Yeah, the Rolling Stones ton kind of like <laughs> computerly like you know. Sh- I don't know exactly what you would say. And then all in deliciously bright yellow on the inside there it there are a, the, the lo- ibex logo. skull. Yeah, an ibex skull over, over the Somania logo. logo. Then you open up to a nice fold out and I think it's some sort of um engine part for a motorcycle. Not sure though. Something it, lovely and industrial. Then the whole thing it, folds it, up. It makes sense that it's a motorcycle part because he references motorcycles, especially in psychedelic. Yes. Uh, it was kind of known that him and Shohei of Mon Brutes were kind of the big motorcycle yes. guys in the in the in the Japan scene. And when the whole thing's closed, you can see the ibex skull through the back. Yeah, there's like a hole. It's just so well designed. There's like there's like a a hole in the back um, of the case of the uh, of the of the uh, what do you call the the back. Uh, cover. What do you call this? Tray? The, yeah, I feel like Gray would know the, the term. The, it's the tray. The what? Or the the I tray. Mean, it's the but back, it's like not back, in the plastic. The tray. Let's call it the tray yeah. insert. The, there you go. Because it's not in the plastic, but there's a hole in the actual tray card. art. It'd be the tray card. The, tray card. There you go. God, that Heck is the word yes. too. Dang. Uh, and so there's a hole where you can see the ibex skull into that. But yeah, but even just the font and everything, it just looks. It's great. It's so well designed. So, you can tell he's a designer. So strange and so unlike any other project. And I think it sounds like un- unlike any other project. This is just an awesome, unique CD package that you really almost can't compare it to any other noise CD. It's, and it's, it's, uh, it's, just it's in Tara's favorite color. I love it. So activated. It's right. High energy right here. Yellow. So the, so I think, I think that's just everything about it is, is truly its own thing. Man, and I, I forgot an album I listened to that's also yellow, actually. Uh, what is that? What is that? I listened to a beautiful, glossy, shiny CD copy of Great White Death. 
Oh, oh very excellent. nice. Yeah. Great I color love the choice. yellow. I love yes. the CD package. Yeah. That All one. those Susan Lolly CDs with the like super sheen gloss on the CD and mm-hmm. the like. The they, best. they look and feel really just high gloss. And they kind of like have like, a, they kind of smell great too. They have they like do. a different. It's the yeah. varnish. It smells good. Yeah. Petroleum. It's so, so <laughs> good. Oh, they were the be- I remember the first time getting one and you're just like, <gasps> like, I don't think I'd ever even seen a CD with that, that kind of gloss. Yeah. You know, the, the booklet mm-hmm. until then. The first um, one I got was Thank Your Lucky Stars, which is that beautiful nice. purple too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, no, amazing. Who has but... favorite yellow CDs? Hit us up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they stand out. We got out. two here. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow. Somania. Yeah, this... and we, and we uh, you know, have a great um, yes. interview reference for this episode uh, featured in Banana Fish. Which uh, issue is this, Gray? I believe it's Banana Fish 9. Yeah, I think you're right. It's issue nine. Yeah. And uh, we yeah. have to give a big shout out to Seymour Glass for uh, hooking us up with this because none of the three of us owned a physical copy of this issue, but uh, Seymour was cool enough to send us the interview. So we have this awesome interview by David Hopkins to reference throughout the episode. No, the whole, I mean, I wish we could just like read the whole interview <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's so, so interesting. Like it really, um, He's a cool guy. It's got amazing <laughs> diagrams of his guitars, everything. The pictures of his cool. guitars yeah. are too cool. There's two yes. drawings really of his are, guitars Rad. plus photos of him using them, and they're they're really special, weird things, man. Yeah. And, so, and even him describing his process and making them. So anybody who who may not be familiar with Somania, um, obviously, you know, many people probably are quite familiar, but mm-hmm. if you're if you are unfamiliar with Somania, what kind of sets him apart from from a lot of other uh, Japanese noise, noise artists at the time was his his noise was made uh, by guitar, but not just by any sort of guitar. It's a very well, he had multiple mm-hmm. highly customized guitars that he that he mad scientists did together himself. And it is a sight to see. You can see videos, you can see yes. pictures. And he, he plays guitar. Nuts. So he is an actual like good guitar player and has played like, you know, written prepared music, uh, but for Soul Mania he does. This is where guitar. Yeah, this is where he shines and it is just wild wild noise. And most of his time, I mean, he started in the 80s, um, you know, putting out tapes. Mm-hmm. Metamorphor chorus and psychedelica from kind of 91, 93. This one's from 95. And it is when Soul Mania became a duo. Uh, so this is the first album that features uh, another player on the album. Yeah, uh, 1984, um, 19, until, ni- 94. until 1994. Oh, sorry. Soul Mania was just a solo project. And then in 94, Katsumi Sugahara joined him. That's right. So this CD is is a representation of the duo, the um, configuration of Somania. In this Banana Fish interview, David Hopkins says, uh, Masana recently used a metal box for throat lozenges with coins in it. That's that's probably at one end of the playability spectrum. And Ono said, maybe, but I don't like using such tiny things. If I don't have a big thing to use, I get self-conscious. I love that. Uh, 
And then uh, David says, one sees a lot of odd instruments in the noise scene. Masana's little box, Mayuko Hino's used a sheet of metal with contact mics attached, just shaking it. Of course, these people aren't musicians. They don't play musical instruments. They adapt things from daily life, uh, which is one of the one of the nice things, I think. One of the interesting things about this is, you know, this is, this is an old interview, so... Uh, talking about a box full of coins or someone shaking a piece of sheet metal is maybe a lot less common to see as much back then as it is oh, compared yeah, we to now. It. The thing that he talks about Masana using is, is exactly what I picture uh, when seeing those live Masana footage from this time. I mean, it does look like what I picture it's a Sucrets uh, box with, yeah. the, with the coins in it, and that's totally what he was using. I think uh, early on, I mean, I certainly built like... Uh, put a contact mic in an Altoids tin with some pennies and stuff in it. Like that's easy, easiest noise making option you can, you can get. So mm-hmm. yeah, cheap metal tin and some, some coins, some other stuff. David asked him on the subject of sound control in a noise performance, how much control do you want? How much randomness do you welcome? And Ono says, I want complete control, which I love. Yeah. Like it's he so builds these unexpected crazy <laughs> instruments and but he he it's like he knows what every part of it does and one of the guitars pictured here is like a uh the double neck guitar that goes in opposite directions with a microphone attached to the body as well and you can hear that i think on on this recording there's definitely some mm-hmm. vocals uh, uh david asks and you can get it and ono says depending on which machine i use and where i play live i can get about 70 to 80% control over the sounds the other 20% could be equipment trouble trying for something new that the machine just can't do or responding to the audience. The quality of the sound and the performance though, with this system are really under my control. I think that's a a really interesting idea. Like he's playing guitar, he's playing something he's comfortable with, but he's built it himself. So he knows it inside and out and knows its capabilities. And of course, any live performance, there's always like some randomness to it. It's never, it's, it never goes perfect. No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. And and he says he you know he enjoy he kind of has fun with that twenty percent. It's kind of expected uh, that it's gonna you know there's gonna be that twenty percent. So he kind of says he has fun with it, and then you know sometimes comes up with new ideas from from that from playing live and from that you know that kind of element of surprise that that comes with it. Yeah, it actually says uh like uh Hopkins also asks that the if the effects pedals really aren't that important and Ono says with the setup on the guitar he can control all the basic sound and that he uses amps a lot to generate the sound he wants, not so much effects. That's one of the things I think I noticed in this CD actually. I made a note in one of the tracks where I, unless it's like a tremolo or a a looping effect, you really can't tell what effects are run on this oh, sound. Oh yeah, no, not at Dude, all. Totally. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's the and especially you know, having the CD being the duo, you it's it it makes it even more. It all kind of blends together uh, in a different way. I mean, you know, I, the I actually the blend blender is something that that I kept thinking of, especially in the first two tracks on the CD. Wish you were here in Sister Distortion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is just I, I it is just everything in a blender yes. and just kind of yes. like completely wild. And to me, it was the, the kind of what I refer to as freedom noise, kind of the mm-hmm. hydrokinetic incapacitance. That was the feeling I was getting, the feeling of freedom, the feeling of just wildness. On uh, Wish You Were espe- Here. Especially the two tracks. On Wish You Were Here, I, I you feel a little more playing to me. It is chaotic, and there's like there's definitely some vocals and really weird production, weird panning, and sort of uh, 
the thin but very layered sounds. There's a lot going on, and it doesn't necessarily interact together very much, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you hit the sister distortion, that one's really you say free noise, like it is. Yeah, that's, it's going for yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. And, and the, these those two tracks kind of blend in together, and that, and that's where I that was really when I wrote freedom noise, wild and free, uh, and and you know, and again, what's what's kind of great about the way this CD is set up, and actually a lot of his CDs is it is kind of set up like an old rock psychedelic yeah, record. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's basically a forty minute album um, with you know, it's a shorter. Than, than most of the alchemy, most of the Japanese noises, where they fill it up for the 74 minutes or whatever. Yeah, this is that's 40, how long you've got to This is basically up. a 40, 42-minute mm-hmm. CD. You could put it put this easily on two sides of a record, and it's set up that way where there's the two kind of, there's a two sprawling longer tracks and then a couple shorter tracks. And, and then, of course, just the references to psychedelic, and 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 rock, you know, wish you were here. Yeah. You know, sister distortion sounds like that could have been, you know, a, 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 you know, an old an old psychedelic track. Uh, I love sunshine. Sunshine overdose. overdose. Amazing. Yes. So I just yes. I love what he gives us with the titles, especially on this one. I think it has the most psychedelic uh, referenced uh, uh, titles and layout. Uh, of the of the actual album, decomposed rock. And it even even though it is a CD, it's laid out in a way that you could easily make it an LP. The way the mm-hmm. the long tracks would be, there'd be one super long track on side A and one super long track on side B. It's not, you know, what I mean, it's it's actually laid out like an LP, but you know, done for CD. You know, and then the way these sound, I really just couldn't shake the image in my head on the first two tracks of like a one man band, like old timey, like. Even like Dick Van Dyke at Mary Poppins, like he's like a one man <laughs> noise band, like Amazing. with the guitar, with the because the guitar's got the vocal box on it and the distortion and the different um, strings and all of those. So yeah, I, that's all I could think of. And definitely, I mean, like leading up to this, that's what it was. And actually, and even you know, like there's that great footage. I think it's on Good Alchemy. It's on Good Alchemy or Kingdom of Noise, where he's like in his room. It's Kingdom of Noise, and he's in his room. I watched so that this morning. Awesome. Oh my god, I love it. His cat's there. And so like the cat's just chilling out and I forget he he's listening to the Beatles. I can't remember exactly what he's listening to. And uh all of a sudden he like turns it off and the cat's chilling and he hits one note and it just scrams <laughs> into the other room. That's really much fun. like <laughs> much like cornbread and uh on oh, Clementine, Clementine, yeah. Jeez, just like one were note in, happens. Were they into the CD? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, they like Slomania? Clementine was chilling uh, near the air conditioner, and Cornbread was sitting on the couch with me while I listened to it. Wow, nice. she's <laughs> brave today. Impressive. She was mostly <laughs> sleeping, but you know. <laughs> I don't know how. How do you sleep through this? This is an album I would not put on for bedtime. Uh, the Solmania performance on Good Alchemy, I think, is a duo lineup, though, right? Okay, okay. It's from, is that, it's from I September '94. It's Sometimes ki- I forget which uh, yeah, it's, video it's has Kingdom which of video. Noise. And actually, when we saw Solmania in uh, the 2000s at No Fun, it was the duo. So I think he's pretty much done the duo since this album. I'm pretty since 94. sure. Yeah, I think it's pretty much been the duo since Correct. then. Correct. Um, and then another thing I thought was super interesting, we, we got a... Uh, a fun little translation of the liner notes yeah, that so, Jojo wrote. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, you know, we've talked about the the liner notes in Alchemy CDs, and of course they're in Japanese. And 
Tara literally when we're looking at it, she's we like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> we could just translate this with like the iPhone translate thing. I mean it's not gonna be completely yeah. perfect and exact, but just like you did with the third organ interview. Yes. Yep. We could do that with this. Yeah. So we're gonna start doing that with the Alchemy C D liner notes. <laughs> it makes like, so much more sense. Oh my god. And they're so amazing. Yeah. And this not- one, Jojo did this one. I think Jojo and Makawa kinda, you know, take turns doing them, it seems like. Um and and the thing that I thought was so interesting is, you know, it's fun to contextualize an album for the time when it came out. And sometimes there's things that we don't even realize, you know, had some bearing on it. But um there was a large Kobe earthquake in January of nineteen ninety five. So um like sixty five hundred people died. Uh forty six hundred of those were from Kobe. So, you know, the that earthquake like seriously um, impacted them and to have this be recorded that year after such a large and tragic event like it just puts everything into context but what Jojo said was um, he said the strong negative energy of the Kobe earthquake gave Somania some strong power so it's probably a bad translation but um, you know maybe that is that he was you know, thinking about that heavy thing and had gone through a lot of chaos and then just took that energy while well, he and um, Katsumi and and then put it into this. And especially on the next track, because I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Pushpin Gum is just kills it for me. I love it. I had thought <laughs> that this was my favorite track when it hits, like when mm-hmm. going through the record, this one's on. I'm like, man, this is the best. There's there's some weird tremolo. It's a little quieter than the previous two tracks in terms of like less abrasive frequencies. The volumes turned down just a little bit. The, the vocals are a little more present. There's some weird. I can get a couple of weird effects on it, but I still can't tell even really what's going on. Uh, and especially around the eight minute mark, it gets like there's some weird like effect cut kind of with just weirdness it gets, to it. It gets weird, doesn't it? Yes, you said at the eight minute mark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wrote it down myself. <laughs> eight minutes, another new space. And actually, and actually around, I thought kind of actually a few minutes before that, there was a kind of a different landing zone yeah. that kind of starts and then leads into this part. But yeah, this immediately, because kind of wish you were here in Sister Distortion do kind of directly go in there's no break yeah uh or, or in, in between so they are they do kind of feel like one a similar space it's one of and my favorite tricks on a cd really like is that you you can run those tracks right together you know like you don't oh. need the break i love mm. it and pushpin gum it gives us a new area to go into and just the variety of sounds in it i i thought it was it's so um diverse like you get you get a lot of a lot of different things. Like this one felt like possibly it's not completely live, that there's could be possibly some, I would say possibly. I kind of feel that comp- through the rest of the CD, actually. The yes, first yes, two I was feel say, live. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. And I, and, In the and, moment. And I, yes. And, and I think possibly, again, maybe not. I mean, I don't know 100% what he's doing, but there is, there the first two, to to try to kind of discuss a composition or a structure really is would be futile. I don't mm-hmm. really feel that that's the intention of those two tracks. But I think yes, Pushpin Gum and after that, I feel like there is maybe a little more of that composition and control and mixing 
done. Yeah, but I agree. Again, I think that if the first two tracks were the whole album, it would be lacking something. Yeah, the, this gives it some. This all of a sudden frames everything in a different way, and then makes those. It it makes the first two tracks that much more powerful. Yeah, and you don't. It it keeps you from getting disinterested or bored because sometimes when everything is just absolute chaos and you can't pick something out to rest on, you you just lose interest. Um, not all the time, but you know, I, I think that this really kind of peaks the interest all over again. Yep. You know, one thing that I, I really felt at the end of this one, too, is there's a, especially the last couple of minutes is this this feedback zone that it hits that almost sounds like like scrap metal. Dude, like, totally. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It can be it some junk sound- noise. Yeah. No, I know that the last kind of two minutes of the track kind of has this like, oh, man, it's just, I, it I is of a like nasty mania or something like it was, you know, like contemporary scrap metal noise sounding. Mm. Yeah, and, and then kind of like there's that little bit of warped chaos that like kind of flutters in at the end, but mostly you're left with this like just wild tone that doesn't sound like yeah. a guitar feedback tone, you know? Right, but then cut to erode me, and you're right back in the the psychedelic mess of Wish You Were yes. Here and Sister Distortion. Yes, and the chaos continues. I like that this um, has uh, some loops running through it, but they're really like not not at all the focus. They're sort of there to keep a sense of movement and repetition, but they the freak out is really just like going on. This erode me is a psychedelic experience. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, speaking of psychedelic experiences, uh, I was really I thought it was so interesting in. Um, the banana fish interview when he was talking about his different experimentations with amplifiers, like um, he said at a, at the Zoke center in Osaka, he had like a three amp triangle stood in the middle of it so that any movement with his body would create feedback. And like, I love hearing about how he even did a wireless performance and put the amplifiers behind the audience so that the sound was sweeping over them. So this is somebody who's experimenting with the way we experience sound with the way he's presenting himself in relation to the sound. Like he wants to, you know, really, um, physically manifest that feedback by himself. And it's like he's developed these devices that allow him to do that. But I, I just thought that was fascinating how much he spends time like thinking about these things and really plotting out a way to make it interactive. Hell yeah. Totally. I, I love that. And I love, I guess just, I don't know, even the way he thinks about creating his guitars and how he goes through different uh you know, prototypes and something might work and something doesn't work. And he just kind of knows like what doesn't work, what does work. I'm going to try this out. Oh, it didn't work. I might need to get a, you know, a different aluminum plate that will do this. And I mean, and it's, it's great because there's this great diagram of, on one of his guitars in the banana fish article. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. <laughs> the both diagrams are phenomenal. Yeah, there's They're two great. diagrams. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Olivier Wolfson is, but good job, Olivier. <laughs> you did a good Yes. These are cool. But it kind of shows you like where he's got different bass pickups, you know, the mic inputs. It's it's just a it's so yeah, insane. Yeah, the voice changer with a mic and speaker and like and the multiple inputs on them. Um he has three guitar pickups on each on one of his guitars and a bass guitar pickup with an extended neck and bass guitar strings. Um he's got uh, a wah wah pedal, um, fuzz and distortion attached. Um, yeah, flanger overdrive. 
all the guitars look really killer. There's he says fuzz and distortion or in in this drawing, and uh-huh. there's some great great fuzz. I noticed it heavily on Sister Distortion. Uh, there's just like a really nice sound, but it continues through the record. And like I said, picking out significant effects isn't really that easy, but a nice, a nice, just like some of this stuff is just blown out nasty fuzz and it sounds really killer and it's not too loud because the mix is so nice on everything. It's all sort of gelled in. I know when I tend to use fuzz, I tend to just kind of crank it to the max and this is a much more subtle approach to it because there's so much going on. And aren't those things that would traditionally be used also in like psych rock? Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That's like he's using flanger, pedal, he's using overdrive. Pedal. That's yeah. Yeah, that's that is psychedelic rock. I mean, yeah, yeah totally. And he's so total. He's he's absolutely using you know those those tools with a different vocabulary. Hey, I think you get me. Really, I hear some of it too. There's there's like I wrote downwards, and I think that is like a, you know the flanger phaser sort of like mm-hmm. kind of that that constant cycle of it triggering and and modulating and making it feel like it's descending these tones in addition to his playing. It's really cool. Or they're playing. Right. And yeah. I think, uh, I think in, in the liner notes, Jojo, uh, has a, has a little line describing so many as violent and vigorous atmosphere. Yes. That's how uh, Jojo describes this album. Violent and vigorous atmosphere. I mean, and, and then the last thing it. he said in the liner notes are, uh, problems and answers are always inside me. So <laughs> good. I want that on our wow. wall. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, needlepoint us. Uh, problems nice. and answers are always inside me <laughs> no, for the wall. Noise <laughs> extra <JoJo>. needlepoints. <laughs> exactly. Done. <laughs> you also hear this, some of that nice fuzz on that section in Pushpin Gum. I think like just that, just that. Oh yeah. Oh, it's just like mm. it just feels so nice. You know, it's just. Yeah, the, it's it is like it is fuzzy and washed out. Like I, I think at one point that track actually is pretty. Like I, I was like, oh, this is like these are pretty waves of static. Like it's such a a soothing and washing sound. I mean, it's immediately just you know blown up. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, feedback, but hey, it's nice. It's oh. <laughs> talking about being startled. <laughs> you know, me is a really uh, a nice psychedelic experience but it doesn't quite prepare you for the sunshine overdose mm. which is the magnum opus i yeah. believe on this album is so like i said yeah i thought pushpin gum was my favorite and then <laughs> sunshine <laughs> overdose hit and i was like what my the first note i wrote for it is wow yeah <laughs> like it, it just the, it goes for it the exact same feeling i had we both both of us felt Pushpin gum. Here it is. This is this is the the centerpiece, and it is the centerpiece. But the finale is oh my god! Mm-hmm. I we are cruising down the the noise highway. <laughs> Gray would be on a motorcycle. We'd be in a stolen convertible, the top down. Oh, I like that. I say stolen because we don't have a convertible, but it just fits. You know what I mean? It's like in a rented Mustang convertible. We like some abandoned convertible. We like where there's an eight track player in it with this on the 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 tops down, the ocean, the mountains, the desert, and the open noise highway. Freedom. Freedom. I. I had the words single string warrior written down here because it's not, <laughs> there's no Absolutely. Like, chords being that. played. It's really like one string insanity. 
different strings maybe, but it's not one of them's getting hit at a time and that's that. And the, the volume dynamics are really cool. And this was actually the piece in which I, I made a note that I cannot tell what effects are going on aside from like sort of modulation or looping effects that are obvious. It's a loop, you know, something's doing that. Um, but it just, it just goes. And this one, one was also where I really felt like the amps, like he's miking amps for this. And that is responsible for a large part of the sound and different mm. tones. Yeah, He's using different amps and that's how he's getting a d- different sounds out of these also different pickups and techniques on the guitar that are all mic'd differently. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's yes. like, yes. there's mm-hmm. so much going on when you look at this diagram and it has one guitar that's going to four amps with different effects on each one. And one of them is taking a feed from one of the other amps and adding a delay to it. it it's completely berserk and there it's like different pickups, bass pickups, different strings going to different amps. So you're really getting like a, a, wild mishmash of sound from one piece of equipment and it's it is in part the effects and the amps that are really coloring this sound and it obviously psychedelic rock and using big ass amps it was a you know a big influence so that's a part of it like when when you think of that kind of thing you think of amps when i think of that i think of you know Randy Holden, that, that photo of Randy Holden uh, on Population 2. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Randy Holden or, or just, or I actually, I was thinking also Blue Cheer. Uh, of course, you know, Holden was part was in it at one point, but not on this album. But I was thinking, you know, Summertime Blues. This yeah. is my, I was like, this is my Summertime Blues. Sunshine <laughs> you know, Overdose. It, it reminded this me is of that, my uh, Summertime Blues. Because it's Sunshine Overdose, it also reminded me of that Jesse Harper Shades of the Midnight Sun. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. totally. No, all that kind of stuff, and it's and it totally. This is this is just their version of that, and I and I love it. And I love it so much, and yeah, it's, it's people as pedals. He's letting himself be inspired by the notion and the tools of psychedelic rock, but then doing it in his own way that feels perfect for him. Oh yeah, and we haven't talked about um his um design the the Fatagaga. Correct. Yeah. So the the kind of I believe also the name of his label that he put yes. stuff out on, and kind of the name of his design work is the work. How did you say it? Fatagaga Productions. It's a it's a Max Ernst reference, um, as we discovered from here. So I, I did look it up, um, and it means fab- fabrication de tableau gazometrique garantie, uh, which is. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Sure, that I know exactly what that means. Explains it Great, completely. It's an acronym. Um, so it was basically a show put on um, by Max Ernst and Hans Zarp, Andre Baton, Tristan, Sara, and Louise, um, combining imagery and text. And basically they were de-emphasizing the importance of the individual authorship of a piece. Um, and they were displayed in a way that even like obscured their creative process. So it was all just to, to um, have it for the sake of the piece and not necessarily, you know, the person behind making it. But um, so it was it was Dada inspired. So I am sure everybody can uh, hear the the Dada inspiration or even see it, you know, because he especially in, you know, the CD covers he makes, the album covers, everything he designs, you know, p- juxtaposing things together that you wouldn't necessarily see together and um, putting things from different time periods together and, you know, the interplay of how all those themes 
things act. And I think he discussed like um, his design element. He said, uh, with Alchemy Records, I'm not interested in making pretty designs, more like what the minimum level is. I often see designs that I think would sell a lot of CDs, but never feel like buying them myself. I'm more likely to buy something that looks like a design failure. I love that. And and I think we kind of all feel that way, you know? And so like just really seeing the way he uses like interesting elements that may be considered a failure, but they're what make them successful. And if you like think about a lot of good alchemy things, uh, it, it totally makes sense to hear that, especially like the good alchemy VHS. Yep. Totally. It's, it's bonkers, but it's awesome. It works. Like I love it. It sticks in my head. Yeah, absolutely. Tying to the, the idea of uh, removing sort of the authorship or ownership from pieces, he references Marcel Duchamp in that same interview and the ready-mades mm-hmm. and it's like the same the same kind of thing which i found mm-hmm. very like a very interesting approach for a designer to take and appreciate in that way totally and 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 also kind of going with a lot of the kind of 60s psych influence on there he also says he's very into stuff like Big Daddy Roth and Rat Fink and Monsters and Robert Williams and stuff. And you, you can see in the next album, Evil Bed, the cover has that kind of type of monster on the cover. But one thing I that struck me is, you know, I don't know if we've ever really referenced it on the podcast, but something we always talk about is 80s, 50s. Uh, something oh, where in yes, the 80s, we do discuss they love the 50s. 90s 60s because in the nine, you know <laughs> yes, what I mean right yeah yeah so 90s, you know 60s, I mean? yes. 90s 60s 90s so like, 60s yeah so he totally has the 90s 60s vibe <laughs> uh, and you see that in the evil bed on the next cd uh, you know in the that. in the drawing uh of the double neck guitar yeah. there's also like a big daddy roth sticker on yep. the on the metal box on <laughs> totally. the guitar so i love that they put totally. that on the drawing that made me so happy <laughs> totally yeah i love it now have you ever seen any of his Original tapes, no, never. Yeah, dude, they I, they look so pictures of them. Sounds good. wild. I've seen pictures. I've got. I don't to see know pictures. anybody who's ever owned one. Yes, and they seem to be like. And he says like some of the. You know really, what? If really, you have one, write us. Let us know. Please, Tell send us, us about pictures. It. We would send love us to pictures. see pictures. Tell us the story. Or actually, eat better than that. Just go ahead and send them just directly give it to us. us. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, it's a great idea. So, uh, just send them to Noise Extra, PO Box yeah. Noise Extra, Noise Extra yeah, USA. I, it'll it'll get to us. It'll get to us. Um, but he even says, you know, kind of some of the very early stuff was kind of different. You know, maybe maybe he tried some rhythms. I think he said he had mm-hmm. a drummer on one of them, had a drum machine on one of them. But it, you know, eventually he gets to this point where it's you know pure, you know this this soul mania noise, and which makes sense though because he said early SPK was a big was kind of one of the first, you know, things he was getting into. So that makes sense, you know, that that would be maybe how he would start, you know. Oh, I love that he's, he liked SPK. That's so good. Heck yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? And talks about, you know, seeing Hanadarash, you know, early on. Um, yeah, Hanadarash so and Mertzbau, like, yeah, obvious, obvious inspiration points. He also mentions this heat, which I thought was a kind of a strange thing. But given his uh, knack for torturing guitars, I guess it makes sense. I also love too that he talks about Hanadarash. He talks about I cutting himself with the um, buzzsaw. With the oh, buzzsaw. Yeah. I've always yes. heard of that. I've always heard that. That's he did why he that. missed the show. What a crazy reason to miss the show. Yeah, but I'd always I knew about that, uh, but I didn't realize. You know, it's just cool to have a kind of a firsthand experience of someone who, you know, was was there for it. It's it's see it's good to see how all the tales weave together of like different people interplaying, and you yes. can kind of like see like I don't know just the story unfolding that way. It's it's cool. Totally. 
How good is the title Trembling Tongues? I love the title. I it it makes especially with the yellow on the CD, it makes me think of fire. It really just conjures oh, wow. images because of, of uh, because of Pentecost. Like it's religious, like whenever, and they would say like trembling tongues. It's mentioned sometimes in like religiously. Uh, oh, so, uh, go, go in, uh, please, please enlighten us. Yes, on that, I, I mean, didn't realize I don't, that. I don't like have a specific reference. I'm, I meant. I guess I could look into it real quickly. But I think, but, I think whatever you have off the top of your head is more than <laughs> especially Gray and I have, and possibly our listeners. No offense, listeners, but but, but you know, um, during like the you know in Pentecost, people were taken by the Spirit, and then they had um tongues of fire and many times they're described as like trembling tongues and it's like in in the bible i remember even seeing like trembling lips trembling tongues um and they're like possessed by a a, a spirit of fire that makes them go into um frenzied speech that um that in languages that they never knew they knew yeah i understand oh, speaking wow. in tongues but i i guess i wasn't familiar with the term trembling tongues i i think of it as fire just of like the uh you, when you think of uh, flames licking a wall or something, you know, like mm-hmm. the just like the the burning of things. I don't know. It, it gave me that. And it it coincides with this sunshine overdose and this sort of this imagery that I get from this. It's the right title. I mean, he picked the right title. It's great. Like and It gives you so many wonderful um, images. It's really cool, too, in, in the liner notes or at least in the translation that uh, we have right after Jojo says the album has a violent and vigorous atmosphere. He also notes that on the contrary, I feel the delicacy has a little shadow. So like kind of what you were saying, Tara, where you were, you were at a point where you're like, this part's actually really beautiful. Jojo kind of picked up on that too. You know, saying like mm-hmm. the delicacy has a little shadow. I love that. I'm sure it's somewhat Some, you know, translated, a wacky but I translation, love, but you but feel it. I think it. that's <laughs> says it better. The, yeah, the delicacy has a little shadow. Like, the shadow over this, you know, the playing. I think that's such an amazing way of putting wow. it. I love that so much. Um, I agree. It's also interesting, too, because in the interview, he talks about how JoJo's guitar is slightly modified. He doesn't go into it, but he says it's slightly modified. He which, said, I always thought it was straight, too, but then it wasn't. And I did, too, actually. I always just, in my mind, he's playing just a straight up guitar. Um, but he says that he doesn't go into what's, he says it's slightly modified. So I don't know what that means. Um, have you ever modified a guitar, Gray? Uh, yeah, but not in like a, I mean, not in any sort of good, good way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've, it's I've not easy to things do. things to them. I've like put extra strings on. I've changed pickups. I've messed with them a bit, but not, not in any like, I haven't, I certainly haven't built anything that looks like what Masahiko builds. I know, they're so good. good. My, in my first, my first solo iteration under the name Zombie, I had the zombie guitar. Oh, I forgot about the zombie which was, guitar. Uh, the strings was uh, was um, springs. Uh, no, no, no. It was um, uh, uh, like like tape, like a uh, hardware tape measuring tape. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah, like uh, the name now it's falling. You know, like a like a tape like measure. A tape measure. Yeah. I, hey, I've I use yeah. one in a leather yeah. bath for some of those and early then a, recordings. And then a yeah. similar um, 
similar consistency, whereas black the springs the spring I had was on a hair police guitar. Oh, I'm like, like I remember bass, doing all of these things. It was like a bass <laughs> that I also put like guitar bass strings and a spring on it because one of the pegs broke off. So we're like, fuck it, let's yeah, do something so, to this. So kind of similar. Any <laughs> any guitar that I modified was more like putting a spring on instead of yeah. a string. I never actually like the guts or like adhering that kind of stuff. Spring string. I feel yeah, like there's taking, a joke in there. Before I realized you could just <laughs> buy pickups off of like guitar shops and stuff, I would take pickups out of guitars that I that I would be mm-hmm. using and just use them on scrap metal or build something new. So like a two by four with some springs nailed to it and a guitar pickup under them. Uh, you, I mean, those pickups fall out on cheap guitars. Those screws never last. I mean, you got to keep them. Do you find, as someone who knows you know nothing about this kind of stuff, do you find, like, what's the difference between using a pickup on sheet metal as opposed to a contact mic on sheet metal? Good question. Uh, there's a pretty big difference in sound, really. Uh, I don't, I mean, a contact mic has a limited frequency range, and the pickup is designed to pick up reverberations in metal, right? So it's a different type of of sound that it actually picks up, and it doesn't require direct touching of it, but rather the vibration of the metal in proximity, uh, because a pickup is wound, it's like copper wound in coils. Oh, it gets vibes. Picks up vibes. It gets the vibes, gets like the reverberations. But like, like do it. you still attach, like, would you attach a, a guitar pickup to a piece of metal, or would you kind of hold it away from yeah, it? Yeah, they're actually magnetic, so you can just, like, usually slap one on there. Uh I used to play in a band you probably saw play too many times at uh, behind the green door. And one of the pieces of metal on the drum kit was a, like a piece of sheet metal nailed to a screen print frame that just had a pickup bolted to it. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, cool. A lot of sheet metal back in the day. <laughs> Say no. Uh, hey, still got the scars. Still kicking around. Yeah. <laughs> I still know, right? It was back so in the day and, pointy. and in 2020. <laughs> uh, Guys, while we the- were talking, I just was looking at the Soulmania symbol, um, which I kind of- so I awesome. Had, you know, I kind of assumed it was like something for like an electrical diagram that I didn't recognize, but now I see the S in it. There's an S yes. in the middle. There's I never noticed the S. I bet there's a way that you- There's an S- I thought there was something that was like like describing like I don't know some sort of I bet there's a way with that symbol that you could actually trace Soulmania somehow using yeah, the right? lines of the I mean circles. there's definitely an O there's yeah. an L and I'm I just saying like yeah. I bet in, in an no, abstract sure. way yeah. you could actually write uh, Soulmania using that. But yeah, no. I, but also, yes, I see it as a as a knob as a yeah as a piece of a knob you know, on a guitar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An electrical map, but the thing is, you got to you know he's a designer, so he's yeah. obviously thinking, uh, you know, he's thinking that way, multi purpose. You know, thinking, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I never noticed. I apologize. I never saw nope. the S. To be honest, <laughs> I never noticed it either until we have this page out. I actually noticed it while we're recording as well. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, not, yeah no, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm okay. not, I'm not, uh, not selling you out. Oh, I, thank I you. felt the exact same way. <laughs> uh, I was looking over it. I'm like, oh, there's an S. Oh, look and there's an O, I and I know. bet you could make an M, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like, know. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. That's so I, it, yeah, it's a really that's a real fun puzzle we can work on later. <laughs> like also, this these teeth are going to drive me crazy. Uh, trying to figure out what whose teeth these are. <laughs> there's no way it's an ibex teeth, right? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, they like um, ruminant animals don't have um, incisors like that. So cool. <laughs> Oh, maybe this is the way it goes. I had it upside down. I don't know. It's something to think about. This will be fun. Another amazing cover by him is the Morphine Nocturne tape where it's it's like a giant. It's like the 
things you go when you go to the eye doctor. Oh, yeah, like, like when they're just, like one looks, or two. Which is two what I three. thought that middle three thing on the four. insert at first was. And Tara's like, no, that's not an eye thing. That's a, that's a, that's like but a, it truly looks like it. He's really good at, at using um, the consistent imagery yes. in, his, in his design. Totally. I love well, it. Well, I, w- I would like to end with a quote from the Banana Fish article. And it's discussing how much he likes to play live. And obviously, again, you, you get the live feel from him. You get... You, 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 to experience him on CD is one thing, but to experience him live is another thing, especially back, oh in, my God. back then, especially like at Bears. Well, you and know. there's plenty of videos to check there's it out. There's tons of videos, yeah. and they're all great. But this is what he has to say I really like to perform. So I've done Soulmania with a cold, after throwing up, drunk, after a bad day at work. And because I can perform, these problems seem insignificant. I am as happy as a child. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.